Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast this week for the Olympics. Looking forward to this. As usual, I am here with my partner in crime, Tyler Tambaline. Tyler, how are you this week? I'm doing well, Kenny. I don't know where you're at this week, but no couch. I know the people are going to be unhappy. We'll get right into it, though. Uh, before we get into it, I want to remind everyone very quickly, we are brought to you and sponsored by DraftKings.com. Head on over to DraftKings.com. Get, get on the sports book. We will have an offer for you later, but you want to use promo code FGD. When you get over there, it's a similar offer. I believe the same as last week, but a really good offer this week for the Olympics. So, Kenny, what are we talking about first here, man? Tringali, the, the train went off the off the rails there. D, speaking of rails, DJ, we know he left. Uh, he went off the rails as well completely on Friday. Hank Lebiota withdraw after Eagle on 18 to make the cut. There's just so many factors here, but uh, you almost got that 30-1 to 1 Tringali ticket to the house. Yeah, it was getting there. First off, of course, I'm not you know on the casting couch today, not at home. I am actually at work right now, so hopefully I don't get fired. I have to work late this evening for these guys putting these signs up. So uh, I'm actually in a in an office that doesn't have air conditioning right now because the building stops the AC at 7 p.m. So it's a little bit warm, a little bit warm. And so if I wipe my brow, uh, that, that that's going to be the reason why. Yeah, talking about last week, I mean, yeah, Trigali, Cage, Lee, Vegas had all of them. Uh, none of them could, could make it at the end. Uh, Cameron Champ going out there. I mean, people are just smarter than I am. I mean, the guy has one good week in his last, like, 875 weeks. Everybody's on him. I uh, just didn't see it. Um, you know, but congrats to everyone out there. The big ticket. I know there's a lot of big winners uh, out there. I don't know what he was doing on 18. Um, <laughs> that was a little wild. I guess somebody... I think Martin tried to explain it where, you know, I mean, he hit the water the other day, still made five. Um, you know, maybe he just thought if he hits the water, he could just lay up. If not, it's an easy, easy finish. I just don't think he figured the, you know, the 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 the, the pull hook uh, on that. And then he got lucky he didn't hit the tree. Um, you know, Tringali faded after what? I think he had a triple on, had his first birdie of the day on 12 and then tripled the next hole or one of those holes after that got him off that Vegas bogey 17, put him out there. Usti uh, ended up being actually one of my more favorite plays as the week progressed. I wrote him up on Gup's corner. Now, personally, I thought he would be really low owned and I was extremely mistaken. People are way sharper out there uh, than they used to be. I figured he'd be single digit own. That's why I would work well to better. I think he was like 15, 16% owned. Still pretty high. So everyone out there, really, really sharp players. That's who we're going up against week in, week out. A little bit of a reason why I think the FS golf is getting a little bit harder week in and week out as well. Uh, but good for Cameron Champ. A uh, couple of other guys out there. I mean, you know, Le- uh, Lebiota, you know, I don't know what happened with him. I still haven't heard 
I uh, do not know exactly. It was for personal reasons. So I have no idea what happened there. Hopefully he's okay. But, you know, Charles was up there. Uh, Gellerman, one of my favorite plays in the low-end play last week. I mean, that guy is just striping the ball. Uh, one of the best ball strikers the last 24 rounds on tour. Uh, Someone to keep an eye out. I doubt he's going to be 6,100 again anytime soon unless, you know, I, I figure DraftKings uh, will probably raise his price up a little bit. But it's actually a pretty fun tournament to watch with all those people in contention when everyone's bunched in like that uh, going into the back nine. It's always fun to see uh, who can come out on top. A lot of guys, you know, fell apart. Um, but, you know, Cam did his thing, and it looked like he tried to fall apart, but he did. It's a good win by him. Yeah, I think a lot of the Cam Jeff stuff would stood up for me. The thing on 18, like you mentioned with the driver, where he just said – he said afterwards he was pulling it no matter what. Two-stroke lead, even if he goes in the water, like you said, it's pretty easy there to still have a way to make – bogey and he's still fine and wins so like there was really nothing or not too much to worry about maybe not the best decision but that's just what he said uh he went with it the the 18th hole kenny reminded me of like the you know if you pick a number an 80 if you're you're trying to break 80 90 100 whatever it is and you get to that 18th hole and your boys say just so you know tambo this is where you're at if you break this number you break your number and then you go and start you know hacking it up there and you're just praying to beat that number still it's kind of the exact same way it played out for him but to end the bit off and maybe retire it from last week. The champ in Cameron champ stands for 3M open champion because he did take it down. Like you said. So uh, shout out to a couple of people, Chad, I forget his last name all the time, man, but for a fantasy golf pod chat, he's bet the house. He, he posts a little house tweet out and he did it on Morikawa got there. I love that one. And then put it back on champ here and, and got the job done. So I know he sells houses for a living, but now he's putting houses down and winning houses. So uh, definitely love to see that. A lot of other guys are counterpart or fill in that we often use here. Mr. Ryan Baroff, he himself had the ticket as well, was rooting it on with him there down the stretch. I did not have a camp champ ticket, but I certainly wish that I did. I saw 125. I think some had 150 out there, Kenny. But uh, yeah, Louis Ustez in T2. Again, I guess that's just what it's going to be. And then, I don't know, man, a couple guys, Mito Perrier, we're going to talk about him. He'll be at the Olympics here. Uh, the guys that travel over, right? Patrick Reed getting in after the Bryson situation. And then lastly, man, I mentioned DJ. I joked about it earlier, hinted a little bit, but that was literally hilarious to watch. That was pure comedy. I said he was a bad actor, a horrible actor, but it actually, he maybe he's a good comedic actor because like he was talking to the ball like he was Jordan Spieth. He never does that. Like you could just tell he was trying to make it look so horrible. And then I was like, how's he going to do this? Back to the champ situation. It's really hard to mess up 18. I was like, he has to go in the water, right? And then sure enough, he flies it in the water and you see the look on his face like, oh no. And it's like, oh my God, just head out, man. Pack it up, get to the airport, get out of there. I'm guessing, you know, obviously didn't have everyone found out after lock. He didn't have Austin on the bag. Uh, it's Minnesota coming back from England and then wanting to get back to Florida, probably all speculative, but just what it seemed like to me. And then I know that he withdrew from here. I believe it was last year or the year before, whatever it was, didn't really probably want to go that route again. So he's like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll pack it in a different way and head out. But uh, I thought that was pretty funny on Friday during the cut sweat. Yeah. I mean, you gave me the shit for Tringali and you're right. I mean, he fucking choked big nuts on the fucking on the back nine, <laughs> but I, I gave you a hard time about Ricky. Uh, and I, he looked, I'll give, I'll, I'll admit for like 50, for like 49 holes, yeah. he looked good as shit. He looked really, really good. Then he did his thing and finished like 38th, yeah. but he did his thing. There's 72 holes. And that yeah. was the issue. Well, but... you know, the thing is like, you look for things like that. I, I, it looked like it was sort of there for a little bit, at least for, uh, for, for an extended amount of time, not just, you know, 
five hole stretch, 18 hole stretch, not just like the 24 hole stretch, but for about 48 holes. Um, Ricky looked good. Uh, someone to keep an eye out maybe in, in the next few times he's out, especially if he plays, maybe I don't think he gets to a WGC, right? He's not going to be able to play that, but uh, no. uh, maybe like Windham, the window Windham, or like, sure or like some of the FedEx Cup playoffs, maybe the first round of the FedEx Cup playoffs, he could be cheap. Uh, you know, it should be a stronger field going in there. You could see him somewhere in the 7K range. It, it, I think it's definitely worth uh, trying to, you know, click on his name again. I think it ended up being not what you wanted, but I saw some glimpses and I, I can I see uh, you rostering him again here in the future sometime soon. Uh, personally, for me, another good week. I mean, you know, Cashin Cornerstones did fine. I guess Roach missed the cup, but everyone else made it. Cashin, in all my double ups. Um, again, another. I was like in eighth place early Sunday morning in the uh, $3 birdie. So what third time in the last five weeks, I had a top 10 lineup going in uh, at some point in time on Sunday, of course, it finished like I think 65th, 72nd or something like that, because that Tringali in it, of course. Uh, so that didn't work out that well. And then Vegas doing this thing, uh, missing that button champ winning. And I, the funny thing is I had champ. He was probably the last person out. Like I had him in my first, lineup generator uh and then i just needed to it was just too thin so i put put all those chairs to somebody else so of course uh that's how that week went but still a winning week good week uh, you know going into this olympic um tournament which i don't know how do you feel about the tournament i mean are you looking forward to it i i'm looking forward to it a little bit more than i thought um yeah, I was looking less forward to it when i saw the betting odds but but it, what it did for me is that first i was saying i'm not going to play i'll place some DFS. We're degenerates. We're always playing it no matter what. I love the contest sizings that they put out. It was all, you know, you can win 200K off 10 bucks. There's other great options, 44 bucks to 50K, $200 single entry, win 30. There's just a bunch of good options, of course, on DraftKings. And I love that. But then I was like, let me pull up these betting odds. And I was like, yeah, I'm actually going to play a lot more DraftKings than I thought this week. And I'd rather just put my money in there. There is still the strategy aspect to it, which we'll get to. It's like a mini WGC or a smaller Masters where you can actually cross some guys off the bottom and then just know what your pool looks like. And then it's all about going about your construction. But last thing I'll say, Kenny, I don't know how, I would just want to click back to this event for one more second. How, how did you feel about the course? Because I'll say this, I low-key like this course quite a bit. I just thought in the end, it just came around. And I know the joke was out there, the PGA national comparisons. And I even teased it again on Saturday when you had Keith Mitchell going nuts and Ricky and him were both T3 and Schwartzel, Woodland, Wolf at one point. Like these are all guys that had done good at both places and whatever. So I thought, yeah, maybe there is something to be said there, but we went there. Obviously we watched together, Sung Im take it down and win. we're going to talk about him today. But you know, it reminds me a little bit, sometimes you can correlate up some lineups and we'll be doing that. I think for the Olympics, there's about 30 different correlation courses I've heard for this course this week. I'll let you pronounce the name later and, and butcher that. But uh, lastly, just going back to twin cities, what, what are your thoughts on that course? And what did you think about it? I know it's the third year in, but I, I actually like it quite a bit. I you play a lot harder, but I mean, the thing is like the winners still had 20, 20, 20, 20 plus birdies. Like the winners had before there was just the big numbers were a lot more prevalent. It seemed to me like the course is a lot firmer. Uh, the wind was a little bit more involved. And, you know, it's weird. Like a lot of these courses that we've been seeing lately have been playing a little bit more difficult than we expected, uh, except, you know, the Open Championship, which yeah, which is not as difficult as we expected. But, I mean, all these courses are playing a little bit harder than I thought they would. Uh, I'm not sure if that's just because of the weather 
or, you know, maybe they wanted to make it a little bit more tougher. I don't know exactly the reason why, uh, but it, it was nice seeing it. I mean, you know, 15 under, 14 under, whatever one. Um, I mean, that's not, you know, a birdie barrage type course, even though it was a birdie barrage course. It's just there was a lot of doubles, a lot of triples out there. Uh, what the uh, the guy said beforehand, talking about, you know, he doesn't want bogeys. He wants like birdies and train wrecks, and he got exactly what he wanted. Perfect. Um, yeah. So it's something that, you know, we got to think about when it comes into it. Now, if it's softer and because, I mean, I, from what I heard, there was a big drought in Minnesota. It hadn't rained there in a couple months, um, except for like, you know, and then it rained like during the week a little bit, but it still didn't. I mean, the, the greens are pretty firm. A lot, a lot of big first hops out there. Um, a lot of rolling on the fairways that led to, you know, certain aspects of the drive game making it a little bit more difficult. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like the course a lot. I like the last two holes. It makes it a lot, you know, that par three uh, is really hard, really tough with that water. I mean, I mean, you can really fuck that shit up on the last couple of holes. Um, yeah. and, and Cam was able to hold it together somehow uh, and get that victory. Uh, but, yeah, I like the course. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, wrong Cameron to... for you, but still right for many yeah. others, as we mentioned. Yeah, yeah. But I do I like know. that course quite a bit. I really like that event. All right. So let's go to Listener League this week. Uh, the winner is, I think it was uh, Mick N with underscore LTY. I think it's like McNulty, like from The Wire, but without the U. So I don't know where it's from. No avatar. But that's what I'm going to call him. I'm going to call him McNulty because that's a great show. You, know, you, you got to love The Wire. Uh, so he had Cam Davis. Who finished in 28th, um, 83 points, about 17% owned. Bubba, who amended, made the cut after a pretty horrible first day, ended up making the cut around 14% owned, finished in 51st place. Kazire, again, another guy who struggled a little bit, but was able to make that cut, thank God for me. Uh, five under, uh, 79 points, about 15.5% owned. Charles Schwartzer, who I think both of us liked. Last week, you know, he's made something like, I don't know, 10 or 13, 11 or 13 cuts here recently. The guy's been playing really good golf. Um, so it's some, another guy to keep an eye out for. He's going to make the playoffs, uh, I'm pretty sure. So we'll see him uh, probably at the Wyndham, probably uh, at the FedEx Cup uh, playoffs uh, in a few weeks. So it's someone to keep an eye on, especially he's going to be a cheap play. I don't really see him moving up too much under 7,500. You can keep an eye on that. 106 points to finish in second, 17% owned. Brent Stenecker. Uh, 3% owned, uh, 86 points, finished in 11th, and he had the champ, the winner, 4.4% owned, 124 points, of course, he was the winner. Campbell, what you think of the lineup? Yeah, I like it. Some some of the wild scoring in there, eh? Kazire, 19 birdies, champ, 21, T39 versus first. Uh, I mean, obviously, the scores go down when you have 11 bogeys and doubles and things like that mixed in, but Cam Davis, Kazire, both score so well. That's why I liked them last week, because uh, Davis – seven under on Sunday, bogey free round, Eagle in there, pretty much everything I believe but the streak. If he just showed up for basically one more day, he had a 73 and a 71 on day three and day one. So uh, that was something. And you look down like a guy like Snedeker who was T11, but only puts up 86 DK points. And you've got Kazire T39 with 79. So we've talked about that plenty in the past. I think it was good. I'm glad you got McNulty because I actually thought you were going to butcher it when you have to type it in later for the for the three man this week but i've already got him into the tournament of champions and then you'll be joining us in the three man this week so shout out to him shout out to max achillian uh it's tough it's a three max tournament it's very tough to get in the top five in this tournament i've tried plenty of times he's got two in the top five fourth and fifth this week so uh good good effort from him as well but have you ever won this have you no. won this yet oh i haven't even tried i have five. one win uh, i've got i think my best ever is like seventh win. or something it's it's bad 
I got one win in this. All right. All right. So let's get to this week. Let's talk about this. The, the golf world sets its eyes uh, to Japan uh, for the Olympic men's golf tournament from Kasumi Gaseki Country Club's East Course. 60 golfers will tee it up in an attempt to bring gold, bring gold home to their respective countries. Uh, it's no cut event, about 60 golfers. So uh, all of us should play all four rounds unless someone WDs. Um, now, when it comes to strategy, you could probably eliminate 10-ish, 10 to 15 golfers from your pool. Uh, you know, these guys, is, you know, we've never heard of in our lives. They're probably going to not make that too much noise. Um, you know, and the thing is, you know, even when you think about it a little bit more, uh, you could probably narrow everything down to people inside the top 100 on, on in the world golf rankings. I think, uh, like, there's like 29, 30 guys in that range. No one in outside the top 100 even sniffed the top 10 or 15 uh, in 2016. Um, you know, I, especially when it comes to the betting market, I probably wouldn't go outside uh, the top 100 uh, this week. Now, when it comes to DFS, you know, you might have to go uh, in that direction just a little bit to make your lineups fit. So we'll try and get you a couple of those gems here later on. You know, you know one issue you're going to see this week is it's, it's there's a mystery around this course. I mean, like, there wasn't that much information uh, going into it. Uh, not many p- players have played this course before as well. Uh, some won't even see the course, uh, won't even see the course until they tee off uh, on Thursday. Um, you know, of course, you're taking into account those golfers from, from Minnesota, like Reed, Vegas, uh, Mito. Uh, they're the ones that are going to fly over. Uh, they're probably not going to be able to see the course at all. They're going to see it when they tee off on Thursday. I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal for these guys. I mean, these guys want to be in this tournament. I mean, when they get into this event and they're thinking like, this is the Olympics, I'm, I'm, I'm here for my country. I know a lot of, you hear Rory talk about it. He's not that patriotic. Well, I mean, it makes sense in this situation. I can understand that. Um, but, you know, a lot of people don't want to play in this tournament. You can see all the WDs, all the top golfers from England, from uh, Australia, from um, the United States, not even coming uh, to this event. Uh, so these three guys, I think they want to be here. I think they're really looking forward to it. They're all playing good golf. Uh, I'm not going to look too much into the jet lag uh, type thing. I mean, maybe I avoid them in first round leader uh, on on Thursday, but I'm not going to not play these guys uh, because of this narrative. I, I just think that they they want to be here. That they they knew it was going to happen, uh, and I, I and and I think the motivation factor for playing for their country is going to trump everything and give them a second win. Um, like, you know, and so and roster construction, when it comes down to this, just just thinking about it, you know, it, it's going to be hard to do stars and scrubs this week. I think, in my opinion, you're going to balance is probably the way to go. And I think a lot of people are going to think like that. So if you want to go contrarian and you can figure out some way to do some type of stars and scrubs, you're going to be different, I would think. Because the problem with this, with the way everyone is lined up price wise this week, it, you know, the talent level really takes a big nosedive around the 8500 range. It's still good golfers from like 7,500 to 8,500, but, you know, their talent level is a lot lower than the people above 8,500. Once you get to 7,400, it, it, it really nose dives uh, down there. I mean, the talent range is not even close. It's a huge dive. Um, trying to find these 6K gems is going to be tough. There's a couple that I like, uh, so we'll see how that goes, but it's going to be extremely hard to go roster two guys under $7,400 and really feel comfortable or even semi-comfortable about the lineup you're rostering. But let's actually get to the course. So let me try and pronounce it once again. Uh, the Kasumi Kaseki Country Club's East Course, 7,500-yard par 71, four par threes and three par fives. You know, at first glance, 
just visually uh, looking at the uh, drone footage. It looks like a combo of like Augusta with the wide fairways, the large green side bunkers and the huge undulating bent grass greens, uh, a little bit of quail hollow, a similar length, par 71, a really heavy tree line. Uh, it's not sporadic trees, they're really bunched up trees there. If you get in those trees, it's gonna be a problem. Uh, and a little bit of a touch of Harbor Town, like the random like single tree sitting in front of a green, you know, something like that, where, you know, at, like Harbor Town, where you can hit it out there and, and hit that tree by accident, and who knows where it's gonna go after that. Um, now, these are just visuals. I don't know exactly how it's going to play, uh, but we'll, we'll try and get an idea of it today. Uh, par three is pretty lengthy here. The majority of them over 200 yards, even par for the week on these par three is probably going to be a good score. Uh, two of the par fives well over 600 yards. Uh, so they're probably going to be three hole, uh, three holes, uh, three, three shot holes. Uh, this limits some of the advantage that the um, longer hitters might have when it comes to the par fives, gives the, little, the shorter guys a little bit more of a chance. Uh, four long par fours that play over 500 yards, like 499 to 500 plus. Uh, and there's gonna be a, a seven of them that are gonna be a lot shorter. I think there's four actually that are under 400 yards. I think the par four scoring is gonna be really important. That's where the tournament's gonna be won or lost. Uh, off the tee, golfers gonna see wide zozion fairways that get narrower around the 300 yard mark. The ferry bunkers in play on almost every hole. Uh, there is a first cut of rough, uh, you know, stretches a, a few yards um, outside the fairway. And then the main cut of rough, at least from the pictures and the drone footage, doesn't look that bad. Uh, you know, I haven't seen any pictures yet this week of the course. So we'll see how they actually have it set up. It's something you probably want to pay attention to. Like I said earlier, if golfers miss wildly, they're going to have to deal with large, tightly bunched up trees. Um, the golfers are hit it in the middle of the trees, unless they have a small gap they're going to go to, they're going to have to punch out. Uh, it looks like it's that tightly bunched when it gets in those trees. On approach shots, golfers see huge undulating bent grass greens. Uh, you know, the story is he's, you know, every, every hole had two greens at one point in time. And so, you know, when Fazio came in to um, redo the, the course, you know, he made them all one green, but they're all huge. Um, you know, and the thing is, it looks like the rough is is going to be, you know, will slow down the way it approaches behind and on the side or the the, uh, the large green side bunkers. If you miss in front, uh, that's probably the only place with the roll off area uh, where you can roll it off a little bit and then you can hit it off some shorter grass uh, on your chip shot. Um, you know, since the greens are so large, you know, proximity, three putt avoidance look like they could be important for the week. Uh, I'm not so sure about the speed either. That's something I haven't checked. So I mean, I'll probably write that. I'll probably add that in my write-up uh, later on in the week on Gup's Corner. Um, you know, one thing to pay attention to, of course, is going to be the weather. Uh, it looks like there's a typhoon hitting right now uh, in an area. It doesn't look like it's a huge one, but still, it's a typhoon. Uh, you know, there's going to be some rain, some wind uh, out there. We'll see how much of it actually carries over to the course on Thursday, especially when it comes to the wind. But I think it might be just a little bit soggy, uh, a little bit soft. So the course should play a little bit longer. Uh, than, than the than the yards gives. Tambo, what are you looking for this week? Yeah, I think the biggest factor is kind of how you started it. The strategy, as you mentioned, and I put this in, but I, I do think like I've literally read some stuff and I, I think I'm up to like 10 different comp courses now that have been mentioned. So we'll talk about some of that here in a second. I'll give you a couple of thoughts on my strategy, but um, treating it like a, a WGC, same as always, like there are no cut events. You can, uh, you know, treat it somewhat like the Masters where there's guys you can eliminate. But one of the biggest things strategy-wise, Ken, you brought it up, was the stars and scrubs factor. We're going to talk about Morikawa, JT, all these guys at the top here shortly. And you want to use those guys 
But even like Vegas and Mito, they came over at 74, 7,200. They look like some of the better plays, but people, you know, and once you go down there, you get the same lineup as most. So um, while there's not a lot to love down below, I think it's a good week just to pick your spots down below and then let upstairs be a little bit, you know, just mix and match some 2v2s. It's hard to really say between, you know, Hovland and Corey Connors versus Fleetwood and Patrick Reed. Like that's a 2v2 where both of those look pretty good. But if you've got a unique guy down below you like and you're sticking with it, you can play more of those combinations where it's tougher to decide who's going to get there up top and just take your chances down low. So I do like that. The one thing I will say, I had it here in my notes just based on a Sean Zach article that came out today. He was whipping around there. He said nine things to find. You can go check it out. I probably should have retweeted it so you guys can check it out. But he, he basically went around with Fleetwood and Fleetwood's caddy. There were some interesting notes in there. Like uh, one of them was uh, KJ Choi over there, full-on support with the boys out on the practice greens with Sung Jae Im and Siwoo Kim. You know, just making sure, obviously dialing them in. We'll get to all the narratives this week. I know there's millions of those out there as well. We'll probably run through more of them. You mentioned the jet lag. But he mentioned Bell Reeve. And, and he mentioned it because the, the Zoysia, the, the heat, all that stuff, that kind of lined up and made some sense when you looked into it. And then I know Jazz, uh, Jenna Natawand, I always forget how to say his last name, but he was basically, he's over there and he said on Twitter that TPC Southwind is the one he would most compare to, which is interesting because obviously we get that next week with the WGC. So maybe this is a preview for that from guys that double down. But uh, I would say this, that one thing I looked into, and you can say this about a lot of good tournaments, but when you pull those two up, they're both pretty good. That's the 2018 PGA Championship that Brooks won. And then you pull up the St. Jude. I looked like five years of the St. Jude. And the guys that kept coming up, they're not all here. But the point is, those are some of them are larger fields, like the FedEx. Like that, that's a normally a little bit bigger field. But you got than this at least. JT, Brooks, Lowry, Sink, Berger, Rom, Scott, Reavy. That's the crossover names. Again, obviously they're not all here. I'm saying though, but if they are showing up on both, that would make me think that the ones that are here, you could look into that a little bit further. So the JT, Lowry, uh, plays like that, that I think are just a little bit more interesting. And then Peters is a guy that's going to come up later as well that we'll bring up too. So um, that was the thing for me, Kenny. Before we get into the top tier range, though, do want to remind you guys, really great offer again from DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top rated sportsbook. Speaking of America, America's top athletes are headed to Tokyo to compete for gold, and DraftKings has a medal-worthy offer just for our listeners. Listen to this great offer. Place any pre-event wager of $1 to be able to cash $100 in free credits if America wins any medal this year. That's 100 to 1 odds on an American athlete to stand on the podium and receive either gold, silver, or bronze at the Olympics. 100 to 1 odds on an offer like this doesn't come around often. So sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook now to get in on all of the action. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It's easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in on the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you'll love it too. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code FGD when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America wins a medal. That's code FGD to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, NJIN or PA only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. 
All right, so let's get to these tiers there, Tambo. Let's start off here from the 10K range. we got Reed all the way to Morikawa. How are you going this week, brother? Yeah, this range, I'm calling it the fans range because that's another narrative this week. And we've you know we talked in the past, Rory's mentioned, so we're back to no fans, right? There's no spectators. That's been the conversation. Guy like Rory basically doesn't, you know, said like he doesn't really give a shit, but he's going to go get his reps in. That's a, a narrative for sure. But I'm just saying the fact that there's no fans, he, he hasn't been playing really good golf and he never was good over the break when there was no fans during the, the COVID return, if you will, where he was playing through there. So not really liking him that much, but that's one, one factor. Hideki, uh, the fact that, you know, that maybe less, he'll have media there, of course, but he should be able to get out and just go do his thing. And he knows the course. He won the 2009 Japan, I believe it was the Japan Junior, and then the 2010 Asia Pacific Amateur was at the West course. This is at the East, but obviously knowing the area, being from Japan, uh, being acclimated, being over there, that should be something. And then Morikawa right at the top, right? So talk about a guy that can show up at any course. Just had this at the Open. Just show up. He's there, not for the experience, but to win. Here he is again. And back to the old narrative for him of no fans. And first off, Kenny, the reason I brought up the fans is because Kendo VT, the VT stands for violently tilting. The, the people are looking for Kendo VT only fans, they said. Did you did you hear that over the I last I saw week? that. I saw they, they would not <laughs> want to see that. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think anyone wants to see that one. They, uh, they want to see you tilting on Sunday, but uh, all jokes aside, I, I do like uh, JT here quite a bit. So uh, the TPC Southwind comparable, if you want to believe that, I think that's one thing. But also, I just think uh, I look at this the other day, and I know everyone was tilting back to tilting, but for USA, the basketball team, about them losing to France and all these factors. And then the stat came out about Kobe Bryant, 36 and 0 in his appearances. And now only two of those were in the Olympics, but then the other games, three gold medals across three appearances, uh, 36 and 0 record. And that Mamba mentality is JT to a T, in my opinion. So I really do like it. His game, strokes gained, the approach, the all around game. Even if he's out of it day one, I think the four full rounds, the you know, the talk will be Xander with the no cut events. And I, you know, that's for good reason here as well. But JT is a guy I always like in no cut events when you could score, go out, get four full days out of him guaranteed. He's the guy I'm going to like the most here. Uh, Xander would probably fall in line next to him just because of his separate stuff with the no cut events, the stronger fields where, again, you can cut this off and call it a stronger field at the top. It's just him against them. So almost like you mentioned earlier, a tournament of champions. Morikawa, like, but it is tough to fit when you mentioned to your points earlier about Stars and Scrubs. So JT and X for me up here are my main two. Where are you at as the week gets I think started? it's going to be hard. I think it's going to be hard for people to make lineups with Morikawa. I think it's one of the reasons why I'm going to play him. Uh, you know, I'm going to be pretty chalky in other places. So I want, I'm going to make my 60 lineups. Uh, and I think having a few Morikawa in there is going to make me a little bit different. Now I suck at ownership. I said, you know. Louis was going to be eight, nine percent, maybe even five percent last week, and he was like triple that. So don't wait until you look at your ownership percentages, either from you know, uh, fantasy national, wherever you look, uh, for these things. Uh, you know, I just make sure you take a peek at that first, Cups Corner, whatever. Um, and 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 look at the ownership. But I think I like Kawa, he's probably the only person I'm thinking of playing. Xander, maybe we'll have to see how it is because I really like the 9k range. Um, you know, I think we can make some lineups here with a couple 9K guys starting out, a couple 8K guys, and you're, you know, you're pretty good to go with a lot of talent on your board, uh, you know, with your first four picks. Um, so I, I, that's probably where I'm going to go in it. I, I think the only person I want to play is, is more cow as of now. Xander might float into the discussion as the week goes on, uh, but if he's going to be 30% owned, 
it might be worth a fade. I mean, he could, you know, he could easily go off. I, I, I just like Kawa. I just like the way he's been playing. I like his attitude. Of course, you know, his, his dad is Japanese. So he's got a little bit of that narrative going as well. Um, so so I, that's the only person I think I want to play as of now. We'll see how it is, you know, Wednesday afternoon when I make the rest of my lineups. And remember, Locke is at 6.30 on Wednesday evening, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, so you make sure you get those lineups in in time. Uh, let's go to this 9K range. My favorite play on the whole entire board. First cash game cornerstone, going to be Victor Hovland. Um, I, I'm sure he'll be chalky, but he just rates out so well on everything I'm looking for this week. You know, par five scoring, long iron play, you know, birdies, a bogey avoidance, just, you know, everything that you're looking for. And I think it's his weakness is definitely his short game. And it doesn't look like that's going to be that big of a deal. Uh, this week, these greens are huge. If you miss these greens, I mean, you're just going to lose. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, you're just going to lose because they're so big. Um, so um, Hovland's my number one guy. I'm going to use him as my first cash game cornerstone. And I normally don't do this, but he's probably going to be my highest owned in GBPs as well. I never do this, ever. Uh, he might he might envelop 80% of my bankroll uh, this week. That's how big I am on Hovland. That's the guy that I'm going to run with. He's basically my only bet this week. Uh, everything's running on the Norwegian stoner. Uh, you know, I want to see him on that podium looking high as shit, getting that gold. Uh, coming in on uh, Sunday evening. So he's my play down there. I like answer, second cash game cornerstone. Another guy who just fits everything I'm looking for once again, you know, avoids the three putts, great on par fours, great on long par threes, really good from 175 to 200. I think there's going to be a lot of approaches uh, in that range this week with the length of the course that you see. Bogey avoidance is all there. Iron game is strong. Um, you know, so I really like, uh, Abraham answer this week. He's my second cash game cornerstone. I do like Joaquin Neiman as well, probably for GPPs in this range. Again, I like sort of like these younger guys that might not have had their breakout win, but this could be it because I feel like, you know, winning a medal for these countries, for Mexico, for Chile, for Norway, it, it's a huge deal for these countries. You know, for us, when we're watching at home, you know, it's whatever. Uh, you know, these Americans, I'm sure these Americans that are playing in it now are all into it, but you saw, you know, it's just not, not everyone's into it. Uh, and these guys are, uh, I, I think they're going to fight their hardest to try and get a medal. Uh, and so I, I like those three young guys in this range. And I really like this range a lot. I can see myself playing almost everyone here. That's why I only want one guy up top, which is Morikawa, and then just mix and match when it comes to this 9K range. Yeah, I'm still going to be mixing and matching because, like you said, this range is pretty loaded. But uh, the guys you mentioned, definitely, Hovland is probably going to be the most popular guy of the week. It's a way that people can get exposure. We talked about those betting odds earlier and the numbers a little bit where uh, we'll get to it later. Like you said, you only have one bet. I've only got three or four where I'm just taking a few. But, man, it's really bad it's So because the field is so like so small and so weak at the bottom. It just they have to tighten things up. So uh, it's pretty rough. I, I saw – I think it was Joe – I always mess up his last name too, but Joe's the man at tour picks. He had another good week. Uh, he helps put on and organize the DFS open with bear off. And he had mentioned that it's almost like the to metal odds is what it seems like. Like the odds are just so short, but I don't know. I just think that's where it's, people are going to go here. It's pretty obvious with Hovland. Uh, I do like Neiman. I do like answer. You mentioned it. Neiman's been on record saying how much this would mean for Chile, how much it would mean for him because of that being a part of it. So obviously uh, these guys are going out to try and take this thing down versus, like you said, someone like Rory, maybe he's just putting the reps. Does he want to win? Will he try? Yes. But if everything else wasn't there, don't forget Neiman was just a few weeks ago when he was 72 holes, bogey free and had a chance to win a tournament. So he's got the game 
coming in. The guy I really like here, though, if I could uh, ever get my stuff to find it, Kenny, is uh, Shane Lowry. Shane Lowry is uh, just dialed in as of late. I do like him. He's another guy who wants to put on for his country, got himself a major. He makes a lot of sense. And basically every tournament you want to put into it, is it Harbortown? Well, he just got ninth at the Heritage. Is it the Masters? He got 21st. Is it, you know, you can keep going back, but uh, the WGC St. Jude in 2020, sixth. I told you that earlier. He lines up pretty much at all these comp courses, but he also just has a great all-around game, and he's been in form. So I do think he's going to be interesting because he squeezed right there between Hovland, Answer, and Neiman. And then don't forget a couple others here. I'm naming them all just so we can talk about them because we won't be talking about much at the bottom, but Casey is absolutely a guy I could see just smiling, putting on that medal, almost uh, Justin Rose-esque, except without the major. But he, he's got uh, you know the, the spot that he could just go out. I think he'd be pretty happy to put a medal on here. And then what are you doing with Sungjae? Because now is a good time for the conversation. We haven't got down to Siwoo yet. Uh, I said this to someone else yesterday. I'm going to say it on here, but I'm cheering for both of them. I want them both to medal. I don't care if it's gold, silver, bronze, whatever. I'd love to see them both get a medal. That's the number one thing I'm cheering for in this tournament. I think it's a lot of fun, adds a good aspect to it. There's going to be the conversation around pressure versus you know needing it and the narrative of wanting to get it and so they can avoid the military service. But I want to be there. I'll be happy for Siwoo. But I want to be there for Sungjae, like I, just like we saw him at the Honda. So I'm betting him, and I'll definitely play some of them here. I think uh, I just think he's the better player right now. There is some worry around Siwoo after that early withdrawal, but it sounds like he's over there on the putting greens doing just fine. What's your thoughts on the, the combo of them and then the narrative around the military service? I'm token. I'm token betting both of them. There's no doubt about that. Of course. Uh, you know, I, I, if I if I don't bet him and they win or something, it'll be like the worst day ever. Not really, because they'll have. Uh, they'll have to, they could skip the military um, service. Now, if you look at Daniel Rappaport, who I talked to you about last week, this week, great article. Great <laughs> article uh, on everything that is to be expected. Go check it out. Um, you know, go check his Twitter feed. A really, really strong write-up talking about avoidance pressure and, um, and like, you know, fun-type pressure. This is not fun-type pressure. This is, like, avoidance pressure. This is, like, having to make a putt and make, to get your tour card. Uh, having to make, uh, you know, you know, make uh, some type of putt to, to to make a cut or something like that. You know, it's not like, you know, I have this putt to win. You know, that's like fun type pressure. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it's it's, it's going to have to be tough for these Koreans out there because they know exactly what's going on. They know exactly what happened to the last two Koreans who Daniel actually goes really delves into the what happened to the last couple of Koreans, uh, Sang Moon Bay and some you'll know, and how much they've struggled off the gate, um, you know, since their return from military service. I don't think I'm going to play either in DFS. I'm going to bet them. I'm going to root for them hard. And if I'm wrong, thank God, I'll be the happiest person there is. Uh, But I just, I just, I, I, I won't play in. I think just the price is a little bit too much for me. Um, I see Wu at 78. You're going to have to play some of these guys down there. I could see that with him. Uh, but I, 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 I'm worried about the amount that is on their shoulders because they know how big of a moment this is for their careers. Bigger than any major they've ever been in. Bigger than any tournament they've ever played in. This is the, the, the biggest stage of their lives. Um, and, and they are actually playing for their livelihood, literally playing for their livelihood. And they both know it um, to be able to come out on top and something like that. 
there's not many people in the world that would be able to do it. Not many people in the world that would be able to do it with, yeah. with the amount of pressure that's on their shoulders. So I don't think I'm going to play. I'm not playing Sanjay. Maybe Siwoo because he's, because of the price. Um, yeah. But I, I, I just feel for these guys because there's so much pressure, man. I can't imagine what they're feeling the night before they tee off on Wednesday. Uh, extremely, it, it, extremely well put and, and difficult to imagine, like you said. And then you don't, you don't forget Wednesday. What about when they, if they are, or hopefully when they are actually in the thick of things coming down the stretch and they know that the medal is on the line? That is going to be, you know, must watch TV if you're not already watching it. And we just hope we can get there with it. I do agree with you what you said. Part of the reason I bet him is also because I think I, I just have to avoid him based on the positioning here and what's around him. The argument I'll make, I'll bring up the, the Siwoo Kim portion now and we can skip it later, but just the thing I'll say about Siwoo is we always play him in tournaments at these prices anyway because of the boom-bust aspect, which we're going to get here again. If he booms, he wins and gets a medal and, or gets, sorry, I should say medals and hopefully gets all the way there. But if he doesn't, he just falls off in your DFS on him. He does get all four rounds. I wonder if some will look at the JDC where he withdrew early and moved on and all these factors and just go away from them and see what ownership does there. It sounds like most people I talk to say, let's play Sungjae and not him. Like Sungjae played under the pressure at the Honda when we watched him and came down the stretch and won. Sungjae did have- It's just not even close though. It's not even close to say. not even close. And that's, that's why I'm, I'm agreeing with you, your point. I can't, there. I can't think of a, a different moment of golfer. I, t- I can't think of a moment a golfer has ever played where it's been this important for their lives. Right. Yeah, I don't I, think you can. I can't, I, really I, I can't, I can't think of anything that, that compares to this. Maybe you, I, yeah. the only thing I can think of is like at the Wyndham, a guy trying to get his tour card. But I mean, he still gets special. He gets exemptions. Those, he'll still be in like the 125, not, the 155. He'll still be able to make years. some tournaments. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I can't imagine, can't imagine what they're yeah. going through right now. These, these weeks. It's cool that KJ's there. Uh, maybe trying to give him a little bit of calm. KJ was lucky enough to get his shit done before uh, he became a pro. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 I can't imagine what they're going through. And honestly, I don't think they can. It's I think it's too much. I think it's too much. Yeah. All right. All right let's move on. 8K range. Uh, I'll go ahead and start. I'm going to go with my third cash game cornerstone. It's going to be Corey Connors. $8,800. Your Canadian brethren. Over here, iron game strong, par four game strong. Uh, he actually avoids bogeys. Uh, you know, Azinger thinks he's the best putter in the world. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you know, so you gotta, you, you gotta go with that. Uh, but no, really, do I like, I like the way his game should fit on this course. I think it's gonna be a second shot, second shot course. And he's one of the best, him and you know, Kawa and JT. Um, I can only play one guy up top, so I'll go Kawa over JT. Those are three of the better iron players in the world, they're all in this field. Uh, so I like Corey. I'll go with him. Um, I like Higo uh, a little bit. Uh, again, really strong uh, with his longer irons. Uh, really good on longer par fives, uh, par threes. At least the, the small sample size uh, that I have. He's one on a Fazio course, so which was uh, what was that one? What was Palmetto. one he played? Palmetto one on a Fazio course. Uh, I don't know how popular he'll be, but I'll, I'll get on him. Uh, I'll throw a little bit on Fleetwood. Uh, it looks like another one of those narratives where like he wants to be there. He wants to win. And uh, this would be something where he gets his first win in this type of event, uh, which would just be hilarious. And everyone's like, does this really count as a win? You know what I'm saying? Like, like is, is this really a PGA Tour win? Uh, does it count for him? Um, so I like him. I, I like Peters. 
as well. Peters at 8,100. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I forgot to say my favorite play. I didn't even see him. I thought he was 7,900. Another Canadian brethren. I like Matt Hughes a lot. I, I like him a lot this week. Uh, just because the guy could just go on one of these putting runs. He's going to play all four rounds no matter what. Uh, you know, if the putter gets hot one round, he can get you a shit ton of points uh, when it comes to birdies. So I'll play him, you know, unless he's like 20% on. What do you think his ownership's going to be? I don't think it'll be that much, to be honest. There, there is other, but like Peters is definitely, well, I would imagine, should be more popular just based on everything that you can talk about with him. I mean, he, he feels underpriced for the fact there's, it means absolutely nothing, but he did well in the 16 Olympics at Rio. He did well at uh, Belle Reve. Like I mentioned, if you want to bring that conversation into play, like there was stuff that lined up for him, but you stole my Canadian thunder and there is no bias, but the Canadian Morikawa, Corey Connors, and the Canadian Jordan Spieth, Mac Hughes, they're both here, and they both make sense. Uh, I think, like you said it, uh, I don't think Corey Connors is the best player, and we know that was not true when he said that, but you want to talk about guys that, uh, you know, can come out of their shell with their putter. Look at Cam Champ just last week. We watched, what was he, 206th, I think I saw, on tour, and then busts out first or whatever and takes it down, and, you know, you see the grid of all the maps. You can go on Fantasy National. By the way, go to fantasynational.com FGD. Get yourself 20% off your first month or whatever payment you want to sign up for uh, and get yourself set up that way. But he did pop on there as like the only week he gained with the putter. So, I mean, it, it can happen. And Connors has already been having a better year. Uh, another Cameron, I just mentioned Champ. What about Cameron Smith, right? We talk about this guy, Zoysia and Australia gets mentioned together a lot. I definitely like him more than Leishman. He's got to win this season with Leishman at the Zurich. He's played better golf. If you want to use your master's take, I think it makes sense. A lot of it does line up for that. He's had great runs at the Masters, both in the November Masters and even in the regular season, right, When in the different conditions. So uh, I think he makes a lot of sense, Kenny. And then my guy, I know Garrick Higgo has been mentioned, but the other G I was looking at there, the fist-bumping Italian, Guido. I really do like him here. I think that he's going to go a little bit overlooked. I think he's got some upside. And also I like his scoring ability. So I don't hate the Higgo play. I just I like Guido there. As another guy, and then Peters, like I said, he's going to get mentioned and talked up. I, I still think he's a good play. I still think it makes sense, and we know he has upside uh, if he gets going, and he can score in bunches too. So, eight K range is all right. It's not as nice as the nine K range, but I think there's a lot of plays in here we can still use. Seven K range here is where it gets a little bit tricky. We already talked about Si Wu, but what else do you got in the seven K range? Because there's it's getting really tough once you get down here and beyond. I, I like Munoz just for his birdie making prowess. And his long iron play. I think there's going to be a lot of long irons here. Uh, the guy tends to make a lot of birdies, a lot of bogeys too. But I mean, it's a no cut event. Uh, you know, if he goes out there, we saw it with Kazai last week how many points he got. I mean, you know, this is this is DFS, so your birdies are king. Uh, I think you can make a good case for rostering him. I like Vegas. I don't care about the jet lag. Uh, the guy's been playing really exceptional golf here recently. You know, he's got to be fired the fuck up to to try and win a medal. For his home country. I got no problem playing Vegas uh, this week. Again, another guy strong on par fours, uh, good with his longer irons, tons of birdies. Uh, you know, top 10 in strokes getting to green in this field in the last 50 rounds. And that's including all those top end guys uh, in the 9 10K range. Uh, I think Vegas makes a really, really good play. Uh, I'll go with Mito. Uh, he showed some stuff. The guy's been crushing the Corn Ferry Tour uh, out there. Nice top 10 finish last time out. Uh, I think it's 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 worth a look, and at that price, uh, I think it's definitely worth a gamble. Uh, so those are the three guys that I'm, I'm sort of keying on uh, in this range. I might throw some other guys in there, uh, but those are the main three. 
Yeah, I like uh, a few in here, I guess. But uh, you mentioned Munoz. Munoz and Ortiz are guys we always say, like we play them in DFS so that if they make the cut, we get that four rounds of scoring. Now we get guaranteed four rounds of scoring or what we would expect of four rounds of scoring. Hopefully no withdrawals here, knock on wood. But I'm just saying that's two guys that I'll play just based on that. You mentioned it with Hughes up at 8,000, who we just talked about. Those are the sort of similar setups and guys there. One other thing on the Siwoo factor, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, Kenny, but I haven't heard this talked about enough. But the obvious, you know, understanding or, or likelihood is that Sung Jay will get another crack at this. But this would be the last chance for Siwoo before you, he has you, to. You, you can you can do until 35. Okay. So yeah, I, I mean, that... but the thing is, who knows if he's going to be able to make the team next time? Yeah, That's I guess maybe that that was the factor brought up and around it. Obviously, he's got himself a pretty good PGA Tour career going right now, and he said he's got some great wins and stuff on his resume but this would be the chance where M knows he's probably getting another shot maybe that alleviates some of the pressure and goes against what we said above i don't know i'm just saying that was one other thing i thought should be brought up uh some other pivots here so i know vegas and mito what guillermo it is perriera if you see it on your betting odds some places but mito at 7200 they'll both be popular based on last week but at the same time maybe it'll be in check a little bit just because of the jet lag narrative and they don't get to really see the rounds or do anything but uh, i am leaning more towards mito than I am Vegas. And the only reason I'll say that is because I did read a little bit, and I think this makes some sense. And you talked about it, the undulations, the longer course, the set, the heat. I want to play the guy that's 10 years younger, and that's Mito. He's definitely can get his way around here. I think obviously Johnny Vegas can do it. Don't get me wrong, but there is some other pivots. So uh, Antoine Rosner, who we've seen at some of these majors recently, we've talked about him. I'll be playing some of him. I do like Thomas Dietrich. For the same matter. And then the other guys down right at 7K straight. I think you can take some shots on Kenny. Jazz, who we talked about earlier, uh, definitely makes some sense. I, I saw some stuff on him today. I think if you look at just what he's been doing lately, played okay at the open, definitely wants to do his thing. Same as we talked about some of those other younger guys above and has been playing better. Uh, if you, you know don't know much about him, go read and look him up. But uh, has a pretty good camp behind him, coaches, things like that. Had, played some great golf. Been doing this for a long time now, and he's still young. So I do like him. And then Matthias Schwab. Another guy that you could play down here, a Euro guy, but uh, you know nothing really he's done lately. But I think he can put up some numbers for you if you still want to stay above this 6K range. And, and then lastly, before we hop into the 6K range, Kenny, I'll flip it back to you. But uh, you did talk above about the stars and scrubs factor and how it does become a little bit tough. Uh, I do think, like I said down here, that you really do just want to commit to a few guys in your pool. If if you do, if you're going there already, I'm saying I wouldn't try and play like six or seven guys down here and try and, you know, get a few of him, a few of them and a few of them, because you need to not only then get them right, but they need everything else to go right with it. I'd rather have eight to 10 lineups of each guy I'm using down here, mix up some of those guys at the top or the constructions that you're using above, and then be able to see how, how you fare. So at least you've got outs. If you do pick the right diamond in the rough, if you will down here. All right. So let's get to the six K range. Um, my last cash game corner, so it's going to be Norlander at $6,800. Uh, just his iron game is so good. And at this price, I think, you know, he's one of the guys that can pop. I think he gained, I don't know, something like seven strokes with his approach uh, at the bottom of Saul. Last time he was out, some some crazy number, seven and a half strokes with his approach. The last time out, Barbasol, I'll take a flyer on him. We've seen him have his ups and downs this year, but his ups have been pretty high ups. Uh, so I'm hoping for one of those weeks. Uh, when it comes to Norlander. So he's going to be my final cash game cornerstone. So my four cash game cornerstones this week is going to be Hovland at 9,900, uh, Answer at 9,200, Connors at 8,800, and 
Norlander at 6,800 is going to leave you over $15,000 to finish out the rest of your cash lineup. Other guys that I'm probably going to look at here, maybe a little bit of Ryan Fox. Uh, the guy has contended and, you know, top 10, top 15 in some, you know, Euro events with some class uh, in it. So, I mean, at that price, I think he's a flyer that you can use. Carl Wan, uh, Jap- uh, Chinese guy, uh, four top 10s on the Corn Ferry Tour uh, this past year. You might want to throw a little something uh, on him this year. And I guess the last guy probably plays is going to be Sepp Straka, 6,400, boomer bust. Uh, and they're not going to have much of him. Yeah. Couple guys, I do like the Fox call. I think one thing that you brought up there that's important, especially down in this range, is I like playing the guys that, like you mentioned, a little bit of class or as you know, OWGR, which is whatever you want to call it. But what they will bring it up as is strength of field, right? Some of these guys down here, yeah, they crush, but they're playing in fields that are weaker than anything you'd ever see in this world, weaker than some corn fairy tour events, if you will. So I think that's one thing to look at. Guys like Fox stand out. Um, Lahiri, Norlander, and Lahiri are the same to me. So I like your Norlander call, but I'll play. A little bit of both of those guys, just because, again, back to the four rounds, the scoring, the upside, if they do, uh, you know, let's say Lahiri gets you a top 20 here, that could come with plenty of scoring along the way. So I think that and Norlander are a little bit interesting. And then my other, my probably favorite guy down here is, I saw a good joke about it today, but Fabrizio Zanotti. And they said, you can't, you can't spell Fazio without Fabrizio. So it's built in there, but uh, I do like that joke, but I really do like him for the fact of what I just mentioned. He does play in the stronger strength of field events. Like he has a T seven at the Abu Dhabi championship this year with big names in that field, a really a much stronger field than what we saw last week in something like the three M open. And now we've got a shortened field with names that we can knock off uh, played, played also recently at the Irish and the Scottish and did well at both made the cut at the Scottish 33rd or something at the Irish. Again, tougher, stronger, better fields. And he showed up in those at 6,400 this week. I can go down with him. And, and that's probably it, Kenny. I don't really like much else down here at all. And I'm probably not going to go down here for very many builds either. Yep, definitely on me. That's why it's going to be tough, um, you know, making those stars and scrubs. You know, usually you have, there's like 185 million guys in the 6K range. And you can pick a couple and get lucky. You know, there's only like 15, 20. And, and like a lot of them, just aren't top tier players. Uh, so, you know, you, 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 first off, the ownership is going to be higher than normal for these guys. The ones that you're actually going to play, it's going to be tough to get on here. So I, I think balance is the way to go. Or if you could somehow make it work where you feel comfortable rostering like a more Carolina lineup with, with only one guy uh, in here, maybe that's somewhere that's something you can think about. All right, so let's get to uh, bets this week. Hovland, 12 to 1. Easy for me. <laughs> Done. I bet the two Koreans at 27, 27 to 1 and well, 40 to 1. Um, but, I mean, those are just – I have to bet. My main bet, 80% of my betting bankroll, Hovland, that's it. Yeah. I didn't like the odds, so I just bet longer shots, if you will, like a little bit of that sense. But uh, I did bet Lowry at 22. Like I said, I think – I think a lot of things line up there, and I think it kind of can flip back for two seconds just to DFS where you mentioned it, Kenny. If you can erase the three Americans at the top and you could say, okay, Decky might have some challenges based on the media or the fact that it's still such a big – talk about pressure. I know he already got the green jacket, but you could say, okay, this is going to be tough, and it would be monumental if he takes down this gold medal the same year he wins the green jacket or very close to, I should say. But uh, he, Reed, he would be literally a god. Oh, yeah. Game. I already saw something today how, like, just the green jacket alone was potential for billions long term, yeah. like, just how yeah. big it is for him. This would just be on top of it at the same time. It would go nuts. But then, like, Rory, Reed, 
we, we said like, maybe, maybe you don't, but like if you, and people are going with Hovland, but if you could start your lineups with a Lowry or to your point, drop down to those three young guns, answer Neiman Connors, you've got three really good plays in there of guys that want to get after it. I, I think you can build some really nice lineups that way. And it, it's reminiscent of like a U.S. open where there's a bunch of amateurs and qualifiers at the bottom that you just can't play with these top guys. It makes it tougher. So uh, I do like that. So back to betting Lowry, 22, Sungjae 30, Peters, 60, Mito 100. And then I took the long shot on Zanotti at 275. Uh, you know, different, different books have different things that each raise in there, but we want to remind you guys to head over to DraftKings Sportsbook, use promo code FGD to get the offer that we talked about earlier in the show. Anything else? Uh, one, yeah, one and done. If I have Hovland, I'll play him. If not, I'm playing nope. one of the bigger, one of the top I don't think there's one and done this week. There's no prize pool. Is, is there no one and done? No, you're not going to worry about that this week. Okay, well, there we go. I'm not worrying about it. All right, you can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. You can find my work at gupscorner.com. My course preview already out on the site. Free seven-day trial. Free, free risk-free seven-day trial. Test the site out over at gupscorner.com. I'll have my favorite. I think last week uh, I went eight for nine, made cuts um, in my in my article. Uh, you know, and it's not bad in a week where it was less than 5%, 66. So go check it out uh, on gupscorner.com. Yeah, OnlyFans coming soon. There you go. Yeah. All right, you guys can find me on Twitter, at Totag and Tambo. Definitely want to follow me there. Uh, as far as content goes, the announcement will actually be coming out next week. But I am going to have a little giveaway, Kenny, to it with that goes with the announcement. I'm not sure if you can see this bad boy on here, but little Bryson autograph action authenticated back then. Going to give that away. You're going to want to follow me on Twitter, again, at Totag and Tambo. Got to be following, of course. There's going to be more to it, but we'll have the contest out. Uh, August 2nd is the Monday. We'll be announcing where you will find my content going forward for both PGA and NFL, amongst other things. So definitely excited about that. And that's it for me, Kenny. I'm excited about this week. It's still good, man. This is going to be awesome. And definitely cheering for the Koreans with you. I can't wait to see how this goes down. Well, the best part about this week is going to be primetime golf. We get to watch it on the evening. It's always great. Uh, you know, rooting for my Korean brethren. Let's do this. It would be money if it happens. Let's win some motherfucking money, DJ Nation. I've been getting dirty money, Jordan Belfort. Stacking penny stocks while I'm flipping these birds. Sipping on Ciroc, trip them up with the words. I done popped the molly and I think it's be my third. Jordan Belfort. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.